welcome to Brewery Society Beers episode number 13 of Brutal Battle. So this is another one of those, like the last Brewery Society Beers episode I did where I don't really have a specific topic to talk about, but I do have to tell you that, as I teased and said before, uh, we are now not Reserve Society members since it's 2021. We are officially in the Hoarder Society, but we don't yet have any of those Hoarder Society beers for these episodes because we have them sitting in our virtual cellar and have not picked them up yet in Washington, D.C. But we will be doing that, so maybe this is the last episode without some Hoarders beers, or maybe we'll do one more after this. I don't know. We'll see, though. But just rest assured that the Hoarders beers are coming, and hopefully you're excited because we are extremely excited. And I'm saying we, speaking for Rebecca as well right now, but she's not on this as is typical with this. So, the first two beers. Uh, the first one I'm very excited about because I know it's going to be good, because a very reliable source, i.e. Kyle Norman, uh, said that this is a great beer. And it's one that I had passed on initially when it was available, so when it became available again through one of their uh, beer, their um, archive sales, which is where they basically take beers that have been sitting for a while on their end and make them available for purchase at a higher price point because they're aged. Uh, when I saw it available, I made sure to grab one because I remember, ah, yes, Kyle Norman said, this one is excellent. I never tried it, so I got to try it. Then the second beer I'm going to have, uh, I have low expectations for because it sounds too weird to be executed well. But this is the brewery. You know I love them, and you know I think they do an excellent job, so maybe this second beer will be really good. But anyway, that said, let's go with the first one that I'm pretty sure is going to be great. Um, and thank you, Kyle Norman, for the tip on this. So I'm betting that while Kyle Norman's listening to this, he's thinking, ah, yes, that must be the Marzipandemonium. And yes, it is. Now, Marzipandemonium, it says it's a 750-milliliter bottle. It is an imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with vanilla and flavored with almonds and natural almond extract. And this beer is 16.7% alcohol. So if you can't taste the alcohol in this one, it's going to be dangerous. Oh, whoops. Sorry. Hopefully I don't have too much trouble opening this up because this one, like a lot of their 750 milliliter bottles, especially the barrel aged ones, is wax sealed. And it's like, I don't know, two, three coats of wax on there. All right. I was able to get into it. So here we go. Let me pour it in this one. All right. I'm guessing there's not going to be anything super interesting with the coloration, but that's what I do. So, yep. <laughs> it looks like an Imperial Stout. What do you know? It's got a decent amount of head showing up. A lot of small bubbles, but some medium and large bubbles a real mix in there, and it, uh, it's a pretty tan head. It's not like super dark brown or anything, but it's pretty tan. It looks a little bit creamy on the top, too. All right, swirling it up. Yep, it comes down the side of the glass very slowly, as you would assume, at a 16.7% alcohol. That is very high. Ooh, okay. I get a lot of bourbon in my initial sniff. Uh, there's a there's a bit of an alcohol heat hitting my nose from that bourbon. 
you smell the spirit for sure. There's a good amount of the barrel wood coming with that alcohol perception. But there's also that really nice kind of sweet caramel smell that you get from the bourbon. There is vanilla and um, it mixes in with the vanilla that you would a lot of times get with a bourbony smell for a bourbon barrel aged imperial stout. But I don't know how much of that's really being enhanced by the by that kind of like almond because almond has a has a good ability to kind of fold in with a vanilla. I don't think I'd be able to call it out and say I smell any sort of almond. I don't. But there's a nice chocolatiness on the nose right now as I continue to sniff it. And it's like a nice dark chocolate, but with maybe a little bit of milk chocolate chocolate added to take some of that kind of bitter sharpness off of it. It does smell really good. And it smells a lot smoother than you would assume for a 16% beer. Well, almost 17 Slight raisin note in there, but it's very, very, very faint. Yeah, okay, I'm going in. Mmm. Ooh. That is very, very smooth. Very smooth. There's a good chocolatiness to it on my first sip, and the mouthfeel is relatively kind of a little bit creamy, very nice viscous. Mm. Not syrupy, like you would assume for a high ABV beer, though. I get a good amount of the bourbon flavor, like I was saying I was getting in the smell. Uh, it's that there is an alcohol that I'm definitely perceiving in it, uh, and it's really warming the back of my throat, but there's that really nice kind of sweet caramel that I'm getting from the bourbon. There is a very present vanilla there. Like I was saying, there's that dark chocolate, and much like in the smell... It is tasting like dark chocolate kind of mixed a little bit with milk chocolate to take that bitter edge off. But there is a bit of a bitter finish at the end, and it finishes a little bit ashy, like a little bit of like an ashy malt, dark malt finish. Hmm. Wow. Oh, okay. And as I keep sipping, I am getting a bit of that almond. It's not super, super pronounced. And part of that might be because this, I forgot to say, is a 2017 vintage bottle. So this is three years in the bottle. So that almond's probably come down quite a bit. Hmm. It's very good. It's very smooth. Um... As far as like bourbon barrel aged imperial stouts go, I think this is one of the better ones as far as showcasing how good a bourbon could taste in a barrel aged beer. Uh, I really like the way that the bourbon's showing up in this beer. It, it's it's very nice. It is super warming though. <laughs> I do have to say that this one doesn't like in your initial taste it hides the the alcohol pretty well, but then. After that initial taste, like you're really feeling the burn of it. It is kind of showing up more and more with each um, sip, but it's good. It's still quite good and probably smoother than it has any right to be. That is a nice beer, as I assumed it would be. Again, thanks, Kyle Norman, for the tip. I know you have to get some water and cleanse my palate. And go on to this next one, which I already said, a little hesitant on this one, but... I specifically bought this beer, just one of them, for an episode like this because I thought it sounds so weird, it sounds so crazy, 
I feel like it's got to be on the podcast. So this is the Yaya's Famous Raspberry Cheesecake Stout. Uh, and that is an imperial stout with raspberry, graham cracker, vanilla, milk sugar, cream cheese powder. That's what I'm very weirded out by. And natural flavor added. And it is 9.6% alcohol. And it is it, it is in a 16-ounce can. So they have this whole line of these Yaya Famous. And I think I've had, I think I had the cinnamon bun one or the sticky bun one on here before. And then they have this one and then they have another one that's Payne Purdue, which might be on an, one of these episodes. It's in the fridge at the moment. So uh, that one's got like maple syrup and nutmeg and cinnamon and stuff like that. But that one may or may not appear. But for now, let's do this Yaya's Famous Raspberry Cheesecake Stout. And I want to know, um, email me, brutalbattlepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, when I'm doing this, are you cringing because you heard che- Raspberry Cheesecake Stout? Because on the inside, I kind of am. <laughs> I mean, I hope it tastes good. I do. Oh, and one other thing, it, I need to read the semantics of this again real quick. What does it say? Raspberry. Yeah, so it's probably artificial flavoring. Because that's typically how it goes. I know I've said it before. If it says raspberries, it's the actual fruit in the beer. If it says raspberry, it is usually flavoring. So, (sighs) I hope it's not too artificial tasting. All right, so I poured it. Oh, my gosh. The head to it looks like the... Okay, so you know when you have chocolate milk when you're a kid and you have your straw in it and you blow bubbles into the bottom... The bubbles that then show up on the top and stick around, like, they're they're large and they look, like, muddy. Like, they look kind of, like, cloudy. That's exactly what the bubbles hanging out on the top of this look like, and it's weird. I've never seen that in a beer, and I'm assuming that's because of that cheesecake powder. Which, oh my gosh, yeah, and then when I swirl the beer up... It leaves the glass super cloudy where the beer was. That's got to be that cheesecake powder. Oh, this is weird. I don't know if I like this. It just makes it look kind of gross. It's like it's got this nasty, dirty film to the beer. Oh, I don't know if (laughs) I'm not digging this. And you can see it. You can see it on the top of the beer. Like, it looks like, yeah, it's like this cloudy milkiness in there that's mixed in the beer. And it looks... It looks gross, got to be honest. But it looks very dark. It looks like an imperial stout, obviously. Okay, now the big thing, the smell. I'm assuming the raspberry will be pretty prominent because it's not actual fruit. It's flavoring. Yep, lots of raspberry. But it smells pretty good, actually. It's a very vibrant raspberry. It smells nice. There is a creaminess to it in there. I don't know if I'd be able to say cheesecake or cream cheese. But yeah, it comes off very creamy. There is a vanilla showing up under the raspberry as well. And there's a little bit of like a milk chocolate showing up after that. So it is smelling good. To a degree, it smells a little bit like, um, oh, what was it? There was a, there was a founder's beer that was like a, um, big luscious, I think is what it was. It was like a raspberry imperial stout. It smells a little bit like that but more of a creaminess to it. And I think the raspberries, well, no, it's about on the same level. But the raspberry smells less artificial than 
that uh, Founders beer did. Okay, I'm going to have to taste this. Here we go. Huh. That's not bad. It... Hmm. It's It's got this weird situation going on where it's... In the mouthfeel, it's thin and thick at the same time. And I think it's because it feels like it's kind of too different elements coming together when you sip it. It's like the beer itself is a little bit thinner than you would think for an Imperial Stout, yet that kind of like cream cheese powder is adding more of a um, of a creaminess to it at the same time. So it's weird how those are coming together, um, you know, viscosity-wise. Which, by the way, I'm sorry if you're hearing dinging of a phone. Uh, Rebecca's phone is on in the room. My apologies for that. Hopefully it doesn't happen a lot. But anyway, uh, gotta go in. Uh, I do taste a good amount of the raspberry in this as well. And it's not tasting too bad as far as being like an artificial raspberry. I'm going in again here. It tastes a little like flavored chocolate milky. It really kind of does. But the beer form. I will say that I, I wouldn't be able to tell it's 9.6%. It tastes a lot lower, maybe like 6%. I don't really perceive much alcohol. But then again, maybe part of that's because I just had that super high ABV marzipan ammonium. Mm. I'm actually okay with this. I feel like that cream cheese powder is not really turning me off. It's just giving it this kind of dairy element to the beer. It does make it a little bit chalky. In the finish, though, and it feels like, much like the glass when I was swirling it up, that that kind of, like, muddy, chalky stuff is just coating my mouth and my teeth. So that's a little gross, but flavor-wise, I'm digging it. So mouthfeel-wise, it's weird. I don't know if I like those aspects, but flavor-wise, I'm digging it. The chocolate that you're getting out of it is really on the milk chocolate side, which is nice. It makes it kind of, like, decadent and dessert-like. And yeah, I think the raspberry, in addition to not tasting bad for an artificial raspberry, it's not too out of control. And with, like I was, you know, referencing that big luscious by Founders, I felt like that one, that artificial raspberry tasted very artificial and was too much. Like it was overpowering everything. With this one, that is not the case. The raspberry is at a nice level. It lets the creamy vanilla quality show up. It lets plenty of that milk chocolate show up. And it's good. It's actually pretty good. I'm I'm very pleasantly surprised. So, very nice. And, uh, yeah, at the moment, this is my first section. Uh, we'll see what I move on to for the third one. And then I'll also be able to update you real quick on if anything changed with these two, first two beers as we ended up finishing them as they warmed up. But moving on to the third beer. And this is a beer that not only have Rebecca and I had it before, but it's actually one of our favorite brewery beers. And that goes for actually the brewery, Offshoot, Brewery Teru, all the iterations of the brewery itself. Uh, this one's in a 16-ounce can, and it is the 2019 Vintage. Uh, it's our last can or bottle of this beer. Originally, it was put out in a 750-milliliter bottle, sorry. Uh, and now they're doing it also in 16-ounce cans. This beer is American Anthem. It's an ale aged in bourbon barrels with peach, apricot, cinnamon, and vanilla added. And it is 14.2% alcohol. 
and it's kind of supposed to be like a um, peach cobbler type deal. Like peach cobbler kind of a la mode, or like a peach pie, almost. And pouring it in. This will definitely look different than those stouts, for sure. All right, now this one is, yeah, it's very brown. It's kind of got like almost like a golden brownish coloration to it. It's very, very hazy. Um, there's just all sorts of pulp and stuff in there. Well, not pulp, but you can't see through it. It's murky. It's like brown, orangish brownish murky liquid. It's got a decent head sitting on top of it for the way that I poured it. Pretty agitated. Um, the legs on it. Actually, not super slow coming down the sides of the glass. A little bit slow at the 14, was it 14.2% smell? Ooh, man, I get spices like crazy. Like, that cinnamon really comes through, but I feel like it's being muted a little bit by the vanilla that carries along with that smell of it. You definitely smell the bourbon barrel at play there. It's bringing, like, this kind of... It's kind of straddling the line of, like, caramel and brown sugar, and I think that's probably having to do with the way that the profile of the bourbon barrel is interacting with the maltiness of this particular beer. And you definitely get that fruit. It is peachy. It is apricot-y. It is a beautiful, beautiful smell. It 100% smells like kind of like a peach cobbler with that little bit of, you know, a la mode to it with the vanilla. It's just a beautiful, beautiful smell, and all those aromas just fold into each other so, so well. They're not all happening at the same time. Like, when you sniff it, or at least when I sniff it, you're, I'm experiencing them at different points in the smell, but they just fold into each other so well and just go so harmoniously. Um, I'm excited to drink this, because like I said, I've had it before, but it's actually been a little bit. Here we go. Unbelievably smooth. Oh my gosh. There's a really nice mouthfeel to that beer, almost like you're getting some of the actual fruit in the beer. Like you're at, there's actually like pulp of the fruit in there. So good. Um, mm. I definitely get that van uh, the vanilla coming along with the cinnamon. Now, if you've listened to enough of the podcast, you know that I'm not big on spices in beer, but when they're integrated well with a beer like this, all the other flavors that come together kind of bring that cinnamon down to the correct level and play along with it very well. Like I was saying, like in the aroma, I feel like the vanilla is kind of downplaying the cinnamon a little bit. So they're kind of on the same level and they're not su super strong, but they're in there and it works really, really well. There is that kind of uh, straddling the line, like I said, in the aroma of the caramel verse and, and almost um, between caramel and brown sugar smell that's, you know, like I was theorizing the play between the bourbon barrel character and the actual malts of the beer. Mm. And that fruit, that fruit's really good. And all those flavors just carry through the entire thing. Where I was saying that I was kind of experiencing the smells in particular orders, like they wasn't all at the same time, all the flavors are at the same time for the most part. I think the thing that hits me f first, because it is a particular, um, or, sorry, particular taste, is the cinnamon along with that vanilla, and then it gives 
it, and then it's the the fruit coming into it and that caramel slash brown sugar coming into it and they're all just mixing together at that point. Mm. This beer is way easier to drink than it should be at the 14.2%. I'm not really perceiving a ton of alcohol. I would honestly guess this alcohol at like nine maybe, but it is unbelievably smooth. It is very, very tasty. You see in the flavor where it is inspired by that, you know, peach cobbler a la mode. It's a very well made beer. It's very nuanced. It's very tasty. Uh, really like that beer. So, man, that's a. Whew. I knew that one was going to do well, and it did well. So, that takes me to the fourth beer now. And the reason that I picked this specific beer is because. I was told by Sean Creel, who used to work for the brewery, that this beer was kind of like the American Anthem in a way, and that got me excited, so I made sure to order it. And this beer actually initially was a small batch beer done for the Hoarder Society, but this year, well, this is a 2020 bottle, so in 2020, it was brewed on, at a larger scale, and it was available to Reserve Society and, I believe, Hoarder Society at the same time. Now, this isn't a 750 milliliter bottle. This will be my first time trying this one. And this one is called Pie Happy. It is an ale aged in bourbon barrels with apples, vanilla, and spices added. So based on the descriptor, you can hear how it's very similar to the American Anthem, except it's like apple pie, not like peach cobbler, basically. Uh, it's 16.5% alcohol, so significantly higher I mean, a little more than 2% higher than the uh, American Anthem. So, open that up. There we go. I'm excited for this one, my first try of it. Uh, the color as I'm pouring it is looking pretty similar to the American Anthem, honestly. Pretty, pretty similar. I'm going to move some things around on the table. Okay. So, here we go. Coloration. Oh, it's definitely darker. It's a lot darker. It's more of like a straight-up brown the other one was like an orange brown. Yeah, very straight up brown. Can't see through it like the other one. The head's looking pretty similar. It's like this light yellowish brownish head and a decent amount of it too. It's a little bit creamy. And that was the case with the American Anthem as well. I don't think I really spoke to that a whole lot. Um, as far as the legs, yeah, it's coming down a bit slow on the edges. Smell. Ooh, man, this one is way more heavy on... That vanilla and that kind of caramel and brown sugar smell. It's much sweeter. I am getting the apple, but the apple is more subdued in this beer than the apricot and peach was subdued in the American Anthem. It's a lot of sweetness up front, and I get a little bit of the spices coming through. Smelling like maybe a little cinnamon with, mixed with some nutmeg in there as well. This nose is a lot more subtle than the American Anthem is. And it's not as good, I will say, the nose. But it's still a good nose. And the fact that it's 16.5%, I don't smell the alcohol, so that's kind of crazy. And as I keep sniffing it, I start to get a little more of that apple peeking through. And it's nice. Oh, now I'm getting a little bit of astringency, though. But there's so much of that kind of caramelly uh, sweetness in there, and a little bit of vanilla. All right, let me get a sip of water real quick. Make sure my palate's fully cleansed for this one, and I'm going in. 
Ooh, whoa. Okay, so the apple's definitely in there, and much like the American Anthem, for the most part, all the flavors are carrying through with each other. There, There's um, way more perception of that caramel, like I was getting in the nose, and way more vanilla to this one than in the American Anthem. Hmm. Yeah, it is sweeter as well. It's a lot sweeter, actually. But it's also tasting thicker. That's probably partially due to that higher ABV. Um, it's more of a serious beer. I do get more of an alcohol heat to it. I'm perceiving it more than in the American Anthem, which I was saying I would guess at like a 9. This one I'd guess probably more around like 10, 11. Hmm. Oh, and now the spices are kicking in a lot more. Yeah, there go the spices. They're kicking in a lot more. Which is also, it's weird because it's also enhancing the apple along with the spices. It's very, very interesting. So, like I said, like cinnamon, uh, nutmeg going on in there. And that just keeps rising a bit along with the apple flavor. Which is good because it's actually taking that sweetness down a little bit. Because initially the sweetness to me was a little much. Like a little too sweet. Hmm. This is good though. I see the inspiration of that apple pie with the a la mode. The vanilla is nice in this. Like I said, it is higher perception-wise than in the American Anthem, and I like that in this beer. But yeah, just stronger flavors in general, and I feel like where I was saying that the American Anthem one is very, very nuanced, this one is as well, but I think it's less so than the American Anthem. But both of these are very tasty. So, hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, they're both really good. I'm a fan of this. This has been a very nice lineup. So real quick, I'm going to pause. You won't know any difference because it'll keep rolling. And then I'm going to tell you my ranking for these beers and then also the overall top 10 of all of these Brewery Society beers episodes. So my show ranking is in the number four slot, still tasting good, is the Yaya's Famous Raspberry Cheesecake Stout. And then once again, that's an imperial stout with raspberry, graham cracker, vanilla, milk sugar, cream cheese powder, and natural flavor added. That was pretty good. Weird, but good. Uh, number three, tasting really good, and especially when it warmed up. When we finished this off and it warmed up more, you got more of the actual almond coming out in it. Um, not, it, it still wasn't super strong, but this is the Marza Pandemonium, and that's the Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels with vanilla and flavored with almonds and natural almond extract. My number two is the Pie Happy, which once again is the ale aged in bourbon barrels with apples, vanilla, and spices added. That's a really nice beer. Uh, like I said, it's well nuanced, but it's just not as nuanced and as tasty as the number one beer for this one, which is the American Anthem, which is an ale aged in bourbon barrels with peach, apricot, cinnamon, and vanilla added. So that brings us to the overall top ten of run well top 10 running of all these brewery society beers episodes and yes the american anthem did crack the top 10 so we'll see where it goes number 10 overall chocolate rain 2015 this was aged four years when i had it this was a barrel barrel uh, bourbon barrel aged imperial stout with cacao nibs and vanilla beans number nine chocolate rain spelled r-e-i-g-n that's the double barrel imperial stout with cacao nibs and vanilla beans, so it's the one-upped version, basically. 
Number eight, Sweet Magnolia's Black Tuesday, which was an imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with bananas, Madagascar vanilla beans, and Nilla wafers. Number seven is the Cherry Chocolate Rain, imperial stout aged in rye whiskey barrels with cacao nibs, vanilla beans, and tart cherries. Number six, Samoa Black Tuesday, imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with toasted coconut, cacao nibs, vanilla, maple syrup, and graham cracker. Number five, Island Time, sweet stout with Hawaiian sea salt and lactose with marshmallow, toasted coconut, and natural flavor added. Uh, Number four, Love at Midnight, Black Tuesday, an imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with pineapple, coconut, and vanilla beans. Number three is the American Anthem, ale aged in bourbon barrels with peach, apricot, cinnamon, and vanilla. Number two is the Pistachio Vanilla Black Tuesday, imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with pistachio and vanilla beans. And leaving number one that hasn't changed for a while, Spicy Island Black Tuesday. That's the Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels with pineapple and habanero peppers. I need them to rebrew that beer. I need that beer in my life again. (laughs) Totally. So anyway, as usual, thank you everyone for checking this out. Make sure you do us a big favor and rate us and review us on whatever podcatcher you use. And also just tell people about the podcast. Get out there and say there's a great you know, craft beer podcast, and here's why. Just get get people interested. So we just want to be able to reach out to more people and, you know, get some interaction, which leads me to, if you want to say something about the podcast or just say hi, you can shoot an email to brutalbattlepodcast at gmail.com. So anyway, thanks again for checking this out. And until next time, keep it brutal. Brutal.